scripture reading today is found in John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. Well, today is kind of one of those special days on the calendar. We've come to the end of the Christian calendar. This, this last Sunday is a marker uh, for the end of the liturgical year, and we refer to it as the reign of Christ. Today, when we, when we think about just who do we belong to, we call it that because it's a way of saying that we're wrapping up a whole year's worth of worship by, well, by claiming once again who, who we are and who's, whose we are. We affirm our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and we put the emphasis on those three middle words, of Jesus Christ, because that tells the kind of disciple that we are. We aren't disciples of our own wisdom. We aren't disciples just following popular ideas. No, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And that sometimes can be a little complicated. What John's Gospel tells us this week is that Jesus is a leader like no other. The rules by which leaders lead don't apply here. They don't apply to Jesus. Because to follow Jesus is to learn to be like him. And in this story from John's Gospel, it, it means we have to be willing to grasp a complicated truth over a comfortable lie. Because when you think about it, that's where we're most comfortable in our lives. We deceive ourselves when we think that we can survive without God. We lie when we live like Jesus has no meaning for us. We are who we are because, well, because of the one we call the Son of God. We're made into a loving and serving community because of the Christ who loved and served the world before us. And we're told the truth about who we are because he is the truth made flesh before us in our presence. And our worship this day should be a true celebration of hope and of joy, of recognition that we can live a life that matters when it's lived in Christ. 
So I know that was a rather long introduction to the message, so let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, come and be with us in this time of worship. Open our minds and change our hearts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts combined be pleasing to you, O Lord. You're our rock and redeemer. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what is it we need to accomplish here during this last hour of worship of this year? Because next Sunday begins a new year. We do this every year. We walk through the cycles of our faith, beginning with Advent, then Christmas, then Epiphany, and then after a brief break, we trek into the wilderness of Lent, the joy of Easter, and finally that long haul through the season after Pentecost. And through all of it, Jesus is our traveling companion. He's with us constantly. So maybe the best thing for us to do today would be to look back and see how far we've come on our journey. How much we've grown as disciples. And for the sake of Christ, to assess our lives and see where we stand in relation to the cross. Do we stand close by, right at the foot? Or are we standing at a distance, perhaps on a hill, where we can barely see the cross. That's what we need to ask today. But in our story from John's Gospel, today we're standing with Jesus before Pilate. Pilate, the local representative of the Roman kingdom. Jesus is a Jew and as such is considered by the Romans to be nothing more than filth. We can assume that he was there because of the Jewish authorities, the Sanhedrin. They had brought him there to face Pilate. And so even though Jesus is the one on trial, you would think if you were to overhear their conversation, these two men, Pilate and Jesus, were talking as though they were equals. Because you see, the prisoner had not yet been flogged nearly to death. He has not yet been dragged out to be displayed to a bloodthirsty crowd. And he's not heard the words, behold, your king. One would think this was just a polite conversation between rival authorities negotiating some agreement of kingdom authority and control. Because by Jesus' questions and responses, he shows that he knows exactly how kingdoms of this world work. Pilate, on the other hand, scoffs at Jesus' words. When Jesus says, you say that, that I am a king, Pilate responds, 
How would I know? I am not a Jew, am I? And yet he asks Jesus what he has supposedly done to get himself into such a mess with his own people. What has Jesus done that is so terrible and dangerous that the leaders of his own community have decided that he simply needs to disappear? What did Jesus do? Well, let's, let's take stock of, of his actions through the scriptures that we've read, the, the scriptures that we know fairly well. If we look back, we can see that Jesus taught with authority in the temple. That might be questionable, but not illegal. He healed a lame man on the Sabbath. Now, that's not allowed. He overturned some tables and threatened the money changers in the temple court. That was quite a ruckus, but again, no formal charges. Probably the most troubling, though, was that that he audibly claimed a kingdom that, that was, as he put it, not of this world. And that, that alone, frightened the authorities. It frightened the Sanhedrin because they couldn't understand how he would know that and and really what he was referring to. So when you break this conversation between Pilate and Jesus down to its basic elements, what you have essentially is a clash between kingdoms. You'll notice that Jesus never really gives Pilate a straight answer. Both are talking about the same thing. Both are talking about what makes Jesus and his kingdom so different. And yet, Pilate hears Jesus describe his kingdom and assumes that this means that Jesus really considers himself to be king. But you see, that couldn't be farther from the truth. No, the Jesus kingdom is unlike anything on earth. It's like anything anywhere fashioned or shaped or embodied by humanity on its own. Jesus is really here standing before Pilate because he's told his people to take the path of peace. That's it. Peace. He told Peter to put down his sword in the garden, and then Jesus healed the Roman soldier that Peter had injured. And Jesus waged his battle mainly through prayer. He prayed for what was to come, for what has already happened through prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. And he'll continue praying while he dies on the cross. But all this this nonviolent resistance isn't, isn't an isolated thing in the Jesus kingdom. No, it's the norm. It's the way Jesus operates, and that's what makes Jesus' kingdom so different. So if I were to ask you, 
What is the most important thing about the kingdom of God? How many would answer with something about themselves? Many of us would quickly rattle off a pretty standard response, and that would be that Jesus died for my sins. Some of us might take a little, a little further step and consider answering with something equally true, but something that sounds a little more, a little riskier. Something like, well, God is love. But you know, Jesus' answer to Pilate, at least in this instance, was that God came into the world to testify to the truth. There's no getting around the truth. It's a very big idea. Truth includes both that God is love and that Jesus died for our sins. He was doing difficult work there. It's called atonement. All of the sin of man in the world was wiped out by one act, and that was Jesus' sacrifice. And really, it's kind of where we find ourselves today, here on this last day of the Christian year. As we're, as we're looking back over the year that we've just come through, we stand with Jesus before Pilate. And we face that same question that Pilate put to Jesus. What have you done? What have you done that's so bad? Well, the implications for us are slightly different because, well, we're not Jesus. We don't have to take on the weight of the whole world's sin. We only have to deal with our own. So, Today, let's look back, each of us, look back at the year that we've just lived. A year of God's mercy and grace, God's gift of another year added to your life. Ask yourself, what have I done? Have I testified to God's truth? How often did I ignore it? And is my life really focused on God in Christ? Or am I just talking the talk, but not walking the walk? Even when we do attempt to witness to the truth, we often tell the story as though it were about us. Chelsea Harmon, who is with Calvin Theological Cemetery Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan, says this. Even focusing on our sinfulness and need for a Savior, which is obviously true, can make us miss hearing and, and knowing the bigger truth. The creator of the universe testifies to everything that is true in the person of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of God for us is not only about us and our need, but even more truly about our loving God 
who made and sustains the world and everything in it. It is just one piece of his testimony about who God is, which is the truest truth that exists. We don't need the kingdoms of this world to find the truth. We know where to find it because we're a people who rest on the truth of God, who listen for his voice and wisdom as, as we witness instead of falling back on what might be a comfortable lie. I wish you all peace as you begin the journey once again. May Christ reign in your life. Let's pray. Father God, bless us on our way, the way of truth, the way of salvation, the way that leads to eternal life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.